So hello listeners and welcome back to Ask a Sinister Kingdom. And hope all of you are doing great and are looking forward to today's story. Yes? So today the story is uh, known as The Necklace, written by Guy de Maupassant. And um, it's, I mean, I you wouldn't find it to be a mystery mystery story where you would have a crime that has occurred or you know something where you have to find it out with the help of clues not it's not going to be that sort of a story it's a very simple story which would have like an unexpected twist that you wouldn't see it coming yeah and i'm sure the ending is going to leave a slight smile on your lips yes Okay, so that's, I think, enough of a build-up to today's episode, and let's quickly dive into today's story. So, here we go. She was a pretty charming young lady, born as if through an era of fate into a family of office workers. The sight of her husband, a petty clerk in the Board of Education, Awakened in her sad regrets and desperate dreams. When at dinner, he would say, Oh, the good pot pie. I know nothing better than that. She would think of elegant banquets, shining silver, exquisite food served in marvelous china. She suffered from the poverty of her life. She had neither dresses nor jewelry, nothing. And yet, she felt that she was made for these things. She had a rich friend, Madame Forestier, whom she did not like to visit. She suffered so much afterward, weeping from despair and disappointment. One evening, her husband came home elated, carrying a large envelope. Here was something for you, he said. She quickly tore open the envelope and drew out a printed card on which it said, The Minister of Education and Madame Gorgeous Rampignot asked the honour of Monsieur and Madame Loisel's company Monday evening, January 18, at the Minister's residence. Madame Loisel threw the invitation spitefully upon the table. Oh, what would I want with that? She murmured. But, my dear, I thought it would make you happy. You never go out and this is a fine occasion. He was stupefied at the sight of his wife weeping. What is the matter? He stammered. Nothing, she responded, wiping her moist cheeks. Only I have nothing to wear to such an affair. Give your card to someone whose wife is better fitted out than I. He was grieved and answered. Let us see, Matilda. How much would a suitable costume cost? Something very simple? She thought for some seconds, wondering what she could ask without being immediately refused. I cannot tell exactly, she said in a hesitating voice. But I think that, um, 400 francs would do. 
Her husband had saved just the sum to buy a gun for going hunting with his friends. Nevertheless, he answered, Very well, I will give you 400 francs, but try to have a pretty dress. The day of the ball approached and Madame Loisel's dress was ready. Nevertheless, she seemed sad, disturbed, anxious. What is the matter? Her husband asked her. I have no jewelry, nothing to adorn myself with. I would rather not go to this party, she replied. You can wear flowers, he suggested. At the season, roses look very fashionable. No, there's nothing more humiliating than to appear shabby in the midst of rich women, she replied. Then her husband cried out, How stupid we are! Ask your friend Madame Forestier to lend you some jewels. You know her very well enough. She uttered a cry of joy. It is true. I had not thought of that. The next day, she went to her friend's house and told her of her distress. Madame Forestier brought out a large jewel case. Choose, mm, my dear, she said. She tried the jewels before a mirror, but could not decide which to take. Then she discovered a superb diamond necklace. Her heart beat fast and her hands trembled as she lifted it. Could you lend me this? Only this? she asked. Mm, why, yes, certainly. She fell upon the neck of her friend and embraced her with passion. At the ball, Madame Loisel was a great success. She was the prettiest of all, elegant, smiling, and joyful. All the government officials wished to dance with her. Even the Minister of Education paid her some attention. She passed the evening in a cloud of happiness. She went home toward four o'clock in the morning. In the street, she and her husband could find no carriage. They walked along the scene, hopeless and shivering. Finally, they found one of those old coops that one sees in Paris after nightfall, as if they were ashamed of their shabbiness by day. It took them to their door, and they went wearily up to their apartment. It was all over for her. She removed her cloak before the mirror, for a final view of herself in her glory. Suddenly, she cried out, Ah! I have, I have, I no longer have the necklace. Her husband, already half undressed, arose in dismay. What? How is that? It is not possible. And they looked in the folds of the dress, in the pockets of her cloak, everywhere. They could not find it. He asked, You are sure you still had it when we left the house? Yes, I felt it as we came out. But if you had lost it in the street, we would have heard it fall. Hmm, it must be in the cab. Yes, it is probable. Um, did you notice the number? No. They looked at each other, utterly cast down. Finally, Loisel addressed himself again. I'm going to see if I can find it, he said. 
and he went. She remained in her evening gown, stretched on a chair, not having the strength to go to bed. Towards seven o'clock, her husband returned. He had found nothing. He went to the police and to the cab offices. He put an advertisement in the papers, offering a reward. At the end of a week, they had lost all hope, and Loisel, looking older by five years, declared, "We must replace the necklace." They went from dweller to dweller, seeking a necklace like the other one. In the shop of the Palais Royal, they found one, priced at thirty-six thousand francs. Loisel's father had left him eighteen thousand francs. He borrowed the rest. He risked his signature, not knowing whether he could make it good or not. After three days full of horror of what the future now held in store for him, he presented the jeweller with thirty-six thousand francs. When Madame Loisel returned the necklace, Madame Forestier said to her in an icy tone. You should have returned it sooner, for I might have needed it. Madame Loisel now knew the horrible life of real, of real poverty. She did her part, however, completely and heroically. It was necessary to pay this frightful debt. She would pay it. They sent away the maid. They moved to a poor part of town. She learned the heavy cares of a household. She broke her tender nails on greasy pans and the bottoms of stew pots. She took down the garbage to the street every morning and brought up the water. And, dressed like a low-class woman, she went to the market with her basket on her arm, haggling to the last cent. Her husband worked evenings putting the books of merchants in orders, and nights he did copying at five cents a page. And this life lasted ten years. At the end of ten years, they had repaid all with interest. Madame Loisel seemed old now; she had become the crude woman of a poor household. But sometimes, seated before the window, she would remember that ball where she was so beautiful and so flattered. How would it have been if she had not lost that necklace? Ah, oh, who knows? How strange is life, and how full of changes! How small a thing will ruin or save one. As she was taking a walk to forget the cares of the week, she saw a woman walking with a child. It was Madame Forestier, still looking young and pretty. Madame Loisel was moved. Should she speak to her? Hmm. Yes. Why not? Now that she had paid, she could tell her. She approached her. Good morning, Jeanie. Her friend was astonished to be so familiarly addressed by such a common woman. Um, but madam, I don't know you. You must be mistaken. No, I am Matilda Loisel. Oh, Matilda, Matilda, how you have changed! Her friend cried out. Yes. I have had some hard days since I saw you, and all because of you. Because of me? How is that? 
you recall the diamond necklace that you loaned me? Yes, very well. Well, I lost it. How can that be? You returned it to me. I returned to you another exactly like it, and it has taken us ten years to pay for it. You understand that it was not easy for us who have nothing. But alas, oh, it is finished, and I am decently content. Madam Forrester held out her hand. Oh, my poor Matilda! But my diamonds were false. They were not worth more than five hundred francs. Ah,、oh, well, listeners, this was the end I was talking about. Yeah. Um. So it was unfortunate for Madame Loise that this had to be her. And you could say a、uh, a revelation for her at the end, yeah.、Uh, possibly we would now say it would have been better if she had gone and spoken to her friend right back then. She would have known that it's a artificial one and it would be easier to buy. Well, it is easier said than done, yeah. At that point, at that moment, um, you possibly won't think about this because the friend is of a higher class society, and you would. Think twice before going and confronting her with the truth, in fear of what would be her reaction. Yes, that's what Madame Loisel did. But、um, I would just say at the end it was a sad story for the Loisel couples. Yes. Okay. So with that, we end today's episode. I'll see you next week. But don't forget to drop your comments and let me know how are you liking the series. Drop your comments at my Twitter handle at dereshvashnieski. You can also share your comments at shishu underscore katha at dereshoutlook dot com. I'll see you next week on the same series with a new episode. Until then, take care and bye.